You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the Jordan. middle. Uh, and I'm back from COVID booster awful hell. Uh, but that's okay. Um, it's good to get boosted. So, But boy, it threw me for a loop. So sorry about no show last week. Um, yeah. But today I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian. Over there at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir. Hello, sir. Uh, I have heard, for whatever reason, the third shot seems to hit people pretty hard from the people I've heard that have gotten it. My wife had the same thing. I have not gotten the booster. I felt pretty good, but she got it, and she did get a little bit more sick than she got on the other ones. So that's what I have heard. Yeah, it was... I, I had a pretty strong reaction to the first couple, though, too. So Oh, see, I had nothing. Like I didn't even know. I had yeah, anything. and that was that was uh, the rest of my family, and yeah. uh, they they got the shots, and they were just like, oh, "I'm fine." Um, and I got it, and I was like, "Okay." And I like went to work, and I'm like, "I gotta go home." Like I don't. This is awful. <laughs> and then this was the same thing. So I I strategically planned to get it on Friday so that I wouldn't have to like be out of commission for uh, more more <laughs> like during the work week, but. Yeah. Um, but still, I do. I try to do a lot of stuff on the weekends. Like you're still a busy person, so I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't just sit around." But that's like, all I wanted to do. <laughs> I think we figured out as uh, Jordan, the D and D character, your dump stat was Constitution. Then you yeah. must not have really bumped yeah. that up too much. <laughs> uh, I think. I think you got every... your charisma too high. Was the problem your yeah. charisma based class? <laughs> I think every stat I have is a dump stat, except my hair got like an 18 in charisma. There you so. go. There was a hair stat. That's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> um but we're back today uh there's lots of crazy stuff happening in in the world of D. a lot of leaks coming out oh well first of all i guess i want to talk about um uh january is new game master month did you know this yes how did sort i not of. know this <laughs> it's the monty cook one are you uh, yeah 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 but yeah, a lot monty of cook likes to run every year yeah a month of new game master month stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's quite a there's other people that have like signed on to this. Uh, sure. Like Delta Green, Monster of the Week, yeah. uh, obviously Numenera. Um, but that they're just like, how do you play games? How do I start games? I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And so if you go to newgamemastermonth.com, there's a bunch of really cool resources and information about games and how to just like jump in. I think uh, this show I'm preaching to the choir because I bet a lot of you guys run games. (laughs) But (laughs) I thought this was really cool, and I didn't know that it was something that happened. So there you go. Yeah, I remember it from the couple years previous, and I think I caught on to it because I was doing Gen Con and I was volunteering for games with Monty Cook. So I was really always watching the stuff they were coming out with, and then it was helping me. Because I was gonna, vol- I was volunteering to run Numenera and the Strange Games, and I was a new GM. Like I had never GM'd any of those, yeah. so I really kind of jumped on to their resources. They put out a cool, they give you the adventure to run at those, which is really cool. So it's pretty straightforward. You just, you know, get your rules down a little bit, and then you just go and have fun. And um, I think that's how I knew about it a little bit. But I like. This show is about new new dungeon masters too, right? So that's this is exactly what I love about a month like this is just hey, if you ever thought you wanted to run a game and it's been a couple of years now and you've watched all the critical roles and you have yeah. your other shows that you're favorite on and you're you're finally like I'm going to try to run this is my year to try to run it. Well, here you go. There's lots of resources there. Our show's here to help you out and um that's it's always good. I want to see more brand new DMs come out and and run more stories and, and adventures for yeah. more players. It's crazy. So I No, for it. sure. And I I don't know. It's just it's kinda like uh uh what's his Goodman Games has D C C days and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um and it's like the same thing, like just yeah. here, let's have like a mini party and people can get excited <laughs> for it. But I yeah, I don't know it was just I don't know why I never knew about this, or maybe I did and I forgot, but yeah. So yeah. it's new game well, master I- month. It's kinda cool. And I think there are a lot of times right now you're at a good spot within our community. If you want to find out how to run games or how to be a dungeon master, there's so many people out here doing it right now in our space, right? Yeah. You could go to WebDM. You could go to Matt Coville. You could go, you know, name anybody. Uh, AJ, all of them. You know, they're all doing stuff. But what I think happens with these bigger channels and the channels that have been around longer, kind of like us in some ways too, 
we keep doing more and more DM stuff, but we start to get more and more advanced or we start to think about or talk about more about a dungeon master who's maybe been running for a while and we're helping inspire them to continue running and we forget or sometimes we we don't come swing back around and say hey but there's people who are so brand new they've never done anything we got to remember to help them out and refine the type of advice we give to that person who's never run anything who's never never streamed their game who's never ran their game who's never tried to put a party together who's never tried to write an adventure for a session night you know who's never tried to prep you know, it's always good for us to remind ourselves that channels like ours and all of them out there are out there to really help those people. And there are people who are so brand new, you've got to start back at the basics again. You know, we'd yeah. love to talk about all the cool other stuff we do too, but we got to remember the basics too. So, yeah, speaking of that, I mean, I have someone who's never played RPGs before in yeah. my Dungeon Crawl Classics game. And, uh, you know, we all rolled randomly to see what we would play. And because mm-hmm. her intelligence was so high, she was like, well, I'll be a wizard. And we all kind of cringed because we're just like, I mean, you're you're new DCC. to this, <laughs> but you're taking the most complicated class. Yeah. Are you sure? And she's like, yeah, whatever. And I'm you're like, okay. hard mode. Uh, so that happens. Um, but <laughs> sorry, to go back to what you were saying, starting at the beginning, there's a lot of times where she'll be like, well, I have this like charm spell. Can I use it like this? And I'm like, no. And it's a lot of like, you know, charm says that you have to attack a creature and a doorknob is not a creature. And, you know, you kind of have to like, it's (laughs) still a game at some point. She's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And it's not, uh, I don't want to imply that she is uh, dim witted or anything by any means. She's trying to find the boundaries. Yes. She's never been in like this before. And when there are no real boundaries, like it's like, well, can I fly? I I don't know. Does your character sheet say you can fly? (laughs) It's magic. You would be able to, if it was part of your character kind of a thing. And so, yeah, um, but it's been a I lot love of fun. That. So, yeah. New players will come up with the craziest ways to use something only because they may not have been indoctrinated in the way you're yeah. supposed to use it. Like we might teach them, hey, here's this cool spell called Silvery Barbs, and this is how you're supposed to use it. Here's the optimal use of that. And that's just how all us, you know, all of us that have been playing for so long use it. And then that person will come over and use it for something totally different. Like, can I light a campfire with silvery barbs? Or and you're just like, I don't know if anybody's asked that yet. Or you know, you're like, I don't know. Could it? No, I. We had this other thing. We had this was a different person, but um, the five E spell heat metal. And everyone at the table was like, oh, you use that on somebody when they have armor for them to take damage or to make them drop their weapon. And this person used it on uh, like a metal doorknob. And so everyone ran, they shut the door, they locked it, and then they cast that on it. And then all of the people who were trying to like pick the lock were burning themselves on the other side of the door. And it was like, oh, I guess, yeah, You, I mean, you know, it's a completely legitimate way of using the spell, but... You're using it more defensively than offensively, and that was really cool. Or I can see the question coming up, hey, there's iron in our blood, so can I use heat metal (laughs) on the iron in a person's blood? That's straight up uh, Magneto. There's too much iron in your blood. (laughs) Yeah, I've been feeding you like a little too much graphene or something, you know, to really get to you. That'd be cool. So I like that. I like out-of-the-box thinking, and that's what I think – the one thing tabletop role-playing games you can call it dungeons and dragons you can call it whatever it is that you play and you love dcc um pathfinder numenera whatever they allow you to stretch the limits of rules and bounds to see how far you can go right it's so wide open it's not so it's a board game is a board game it has very strict rules to play and there's something you're doing. A video game has very strict rules. You know, an MMORPG online has boundaries and you can only go so far. But in a TTRPG, you can push those as far out to infinity almost with your creativity. So I love it. And we're in a brand new year. We're in a 2022 year. We're looking forward to um, releases. We have not heard. Or have we? We know the first book coming. Is it the... Is the first book released this year going to be the um, Critical Role one? Uh, well, there's a couple things coming out. So uh, yeah. the Monsters of the Multiverse, which was teased last year, um, 
and is currently going to come out as a three book uh, package of the oh, player's handbook. Exist. Huh? Of books that already exist. Correct. But it's got a lot of changes in it. Sure. So, right, yeah. uh, and that was one of the things I want to change or talk about is they have a, a lot of leaked race changes have come out recently. Yeah. Um, and this is part of Monsters of the Multiverse. And it seems yeah. like the same thing that they were doing with that errata that came out earlier that we were talking about a couple episodes ago, where uh, they they removed some wording and text from monsters and specifically like player monstrous races that players can play and made mm-hmm. them less uh, Forgotten Realms lore and kind of like a generic... They could be yeah. a lot of different things. Um, Makes so sense. from what I was seeing, there's a there's a Reddit thread that's out there that has a bunch of. Of course, there's a Reddit thread is what it, where what I should just start with. <laughs> but somebody they took all of the information from all of the people that were kind of leaking this information. Um, Nerd immersion got a bunch of stuff, and he made yeah, the, so he put a video. He up. made the most videos, I think, but also World Builder Bob made a video. Um, and so the the big takeaways, there's a lot, but like the big takeaways is we don't have subrace anymore. It's just not a mechanic that's going to be in Morden Kanan or Monsters of the Multiverse. Mm-hmm. So normally you'd be like, I'm a ghostwise halfling or I'm a this halfling. But instead it mm-hmm. seems like it's just like, here are the halfling abilities, choose the ones you want. Uh, which again reflects, they weren't like, they weren't specifically... Uh, forgotten realms but they were very influenced by the realms you know the yeah the high elves and the wood elves and things i was gonna are, say that yeah. elves is probably the best one of it because you've got yeah, yeah. wood elves dark drow you've eladrian you know you've got yeah. all these styles of elves some of them very specific to forgotten realms whereas other elves have had other names and other systems even like a dragon lance or any of these other systems yeah. they might have called their elves a different way but similar, a wood elf or a, a green elf or a high elf yeah. or a, you know, a wild elf or a... Yeah, know, I yeah. think the I think the high elves are like sun elves in Forgotten Realms, and then the forest elves are moon elves. Anyway, but yeah. they all equated to the same thing. They very much took that idea and then made generic mm-hmm. words for their elves. Uh, so I, I'm curious about that. When the book comes out, we'll have more information. Right now, it's sure, just kind of I'm like hearsay. Because I'm buying it. Hearsay. You buying the rule expansion? January 25th, right? Is well, the that's you're all about. all three books. All and three I don't think I'm going to get all three. But when oh, uh, about it. when Mul- Monsters of the Multiverse comes out, I, I will probably pick that up. We'll see. You'll pick the single one. Um, okay. I'm curious about D&D Beyond, though. If it's like, is this going to replace that? Or do you say, I'm going to run a game with... Uh, Volo's Guide to Monster Rules compared to this other one because some t- it's not errata; it's like a new book. It's a change. It's know? a yeah. It's a structural like errata. I know that they change, but like this is yeah. just a new book. So I was I don't know. Interesting. Um, another really big one I thought was that all creatures will have a default thirty feet walking speed. So yeah, I heard that. My halflings and dwarves no longer have twenty five, um, yeah. and then in addition to that, your if you have flying or swimming or climbing, all of those equal your walking speed, not uh, not a weird Surpassing. way. So it's not like, well, I've got a 15-feet <laughs> walking speed but a 60-foot flight, which I think yeah. the Aarakocra have, like, a really high well, flight. 50. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so they're going to change 50 that. Feet. So, um, no, I don't want that to change. <laughs> anything that's innate spellcasting means that you can cast it using intelligence, <laughs> wisdom, or charisma. So... You don't have to be like, well, I took this feat that gave me some wizard spells or something. Uh, or no, not a, that's that's with races. Sorry. So if I have a race that has an innate spell casting, I can choose which one of those I want, as opposed to always being like, well, I have to use intelligence because of this. But even though I'm a you know whatever warlock, and that intelligence spell is now useless to me. Yeah, and I think it makes sense for them to transition and to. I don't even know what the word would be. G- generic hyphen size, you know, generic eyes, their, their content, because if you're in a position where most of the products that they're going to release now are maybe new campaigns or campaign worlds, exploring different ideas and, and different worlds, then you need all your rules to fit in all these worlds. You're going to 
go to. We're past the all of our contents coming from Forgotten Realms mostly, and we're now into we want to introduce all these different things. I just feel like it makes sense to to you know um, take away some of the more exotic stuff or some of the more stuff that's only Forgotten Realms specific or. or well, the sub races that makes sense because. Yeah. Now I have this pool of options to build what my halfling is for my mm-hmm. world. And I get that. Um, the speed, I just kind of didn't understand. Like, it just feels very, let's just rules. make everybody just to 30. Make the rules like, why not? I don't know. Make it like, easy for the DM. Um, same thing with natural weapons. All natural weapons, like like punching or claw attacks or things like that, are going to be 1d6 instead of 1d4. And mm. I didn't really understand where that came from. Like, I don't know. Are Simplified we trying to rules. like legitimize things? But then I, th- I feel like, uh, well, I don't know if that undermines the monk or not, but, uh, that was really interesting to me. Well, no, because the monk always immediately tries to find ways to boost the, the damage output of their fists. So they don't ever stay at just one D four as a monk. No, they don't, but <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Like, they find uh, ways. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not like, Hey, I'm a monk. And I wonder uh, yeah. if it's a move to a staple of Dungeons and Dragons from from olden days to when it was till now has been a plethora of dice choices. Whereas most games that have come after that or have tried to do their own thing limit the number of types of dice you're using. Although there's a couple that are still outliers of that, but I would say the majority go to simplifying the dice whether it's just sixes or it's just d20s with very few other dice coming in i wonder if they're starting to lean now that they've said hey we're in dnd 5e we're moving to either 6e this year or 5.5 or we're announcing whatever's happening with that this year are we gonna simplify our mechanics down to a few types of dice mm-hmm to ease up because of all the content we're bringing in and all the rules we have and all the the options you can do, it makes sense to maybe limit. We're going to use sixes, we're going to use twenties, and maybe we're going to use I don't know uh, percentages, and start moving away from the twelves and the eights and the fours. Or are they just going to keep embracing you know? Everybody has to have a big tube of dice, and you might need your four. You might, you know, 2d4 or for this. Nobody likes rolling a d4. That. I don't know. Yeah, like, or a d8. Or a designer. It's not satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Or a designer at Wizards of the Coast yeah. stepped on one and said, that's it. That's it. All They're d4s cool. are out of the game. Uh, but yeah, a lot of this is just kind of bringing in line. Um, uh, something else that the other thing that I thought was really interesting, um, and it's probably not that interesting to other people, but. Uh, specifically, the Water Genasi and the Triton had the innate spells yeah. that have been replaced because those spells are now from the player's handbook rather than from uh, Xanathar's Guide. So they had some spells that were outside of the player's handbook that they removed from this iteration so that they're more mm-hmm. in line of the PHB plus one kind of idea. Yeah. So I also heard that I felt like the consensus was, because I have not seen all of this stuff myself, but that the it was a boost to the Genasi. It was as a way that maybe more people would be willing to pick them now because they've added some things that made them more intriguing. Um, Ericocra, it was a, a negative almost because you brought down one of the cool things they had, which was that good high fly speed that they yeah. could use. For Their flight is now thirty feet. Your talons yeah. are now one d six plus strength, uh, and you get yeah. a new ability called gust or wind caller where you can cast gust of wind right um so so. yeah so there's like a lot of and there's a lot of opinions on good or bad or buff or not buff or or, the genasis overall i feel like they fixed them uh i don't necessarily think they were broken but like they 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 did a good job uh i still don't like the earth genasi i don't feel like pass without a trace was ever a good earth spell Right. Um you and I else. and I was like I just never really liked that. Stone skin. Uh, Come on, if you're earth, let's do this. That would be cool. But they uh and then they gave them the blade ward cantrip, which is probably the worst cantrip in the game. Uh but they yeah. made it that you can cast it as a bonus action. So it's kind of like, okay, I don't know. That so, might change it. Yeah, I mean it might it might be that good. That might like, change a little bit. But yeah. So But it doesn't fit the theme to me. I guess maybe call it like 
maybe shards of stone or something that it's you know whirling around you or something. Then it makes well, that's sense. up to you as the player to yeah. change it. But yeah, but just the name of it, I didn't like. Yeah, yeah, Blade Award. All right. Well, it's interesting. They're they're definitely moving us to the direction that they want their new edition of Dungeons and Dragons to go, and the and the route that they want to be developing new content. We're still waiting to hear if they're going to call it five point five or six E or whatever else or D D next. Yeah, or but this is the start. Like, I don't think we're going to get a lot yeah. of. Um... A lot of like uh, Xanathars or Tasha's going forward. There might be little spell books here and there and things like that. But you don't think, I think a lot more subclasses are coming? No, I think we will get subclasses. But they just said like subclasses are gone now. Um, yeah. You know, they're going to add more options for races and stuff. But I, I think going forward, it will be more like here's a campaign setting. You're going to use a little bit of options from here and a little bit of options from here, and then you're going to create it, and then that setting will have like setting specific spells kind of like Strixhaven where it's like this really yeah. works for Strixhaven but it might not work for like every game that you're going to play yeah give you an so. out give the DM an out that they don't have to have it in their game but here's some options if yeah you so I like that. yeah I don't know I'm I'm really curious about the book now I thought it was just a reprint of monsters and updated monster block or monster stats which I was because like, they are okay. changing how the stat yeah. block works they are changing some of the <laughs> and we saw that in Fizzbands where they kind of changed uh not yep. not the changes but the formulas of like this yeah. is how monsters are going to be going forward uh and and so that's but, 10 days away just January 15th today I'm seeing January 25th for yeah. the rules expansion gift set I assume you can buy the individual books at the same time just no. as an individual. Oh, is it a later date? It is a later date for the oh, individual. I so. missed that. Okay. So the only way to get it now is to buy the box set. But well, uh, Monsters of the Multiverse will be available separately um, with, its own, the gift set cool. with its own different cover. These all have like matching covers and stuff. And it would yeah. be a cool set to own. But I don't use the books enough anymore to justify buying another monsters oh uh, yeah i can't another player's handbook another monster manual another dmg kind of a thing so yeah 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 who justifies their purchases these days that's true i (laughs) i don't because i just bought a bunch of stuff you bought invisible sun (laughs) let's hear justification (laughs) um so yeah i'll I'll put a link in our show notes for the Reddit thread if you want a whole bunch yeah. of information. But uh, arguably, so by the time you hear this, that, you can probably Google it, and there will be more information even or more, links and yeah. stuff. Who knows? So If you don't count that as the first book release, because it's kind of a repackaging of other material that's already been released, even though a little bit of it has changed, but two of the books haven't really changed too much. One of the books did. Right. What it? What would we consider? And to me, that's no, not the yeah. first book it's, they're putting out. It's the critical role. Is the new. That's the one book, that's coming. So yeah. That's the one. okay. Because I haven't seen too much on it. I've seen a little. It's their underworld or under city or under. What's the name? Nether of Nether I should. Nether deep. Nether deep. <laughs> I knew so, it was like their underground. Now. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's taking place in their. This is a a lengthy book, on their new, uh, continent. Yeah. Um, and arguably, I don't follow Critical Role as well as I should, uh, mostly because it's such it's so popular that I'm like, I really should be on this bandwagon, but I just don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's there. It's the the Exandria expansion, so it's a whole new continent, and it sounds like it's kind of a well. Actually, I shouldn't say. I'm not really sure. Um, but what's interesting is they're releasing this book, Call of the Netherdeep, which is an adventure, as far as I know. Um, the other one, uh, the Wildmount book was... Was more of a campaign. More now. of a campaign setting, like world exploration yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but this one is through Wizards of the Coast, but they're also publishing the Taldry campaign setting Reborn, uh, which is through their their uh, company, I think. Could be. Um, I mean, I think they started their own publishing Yeah, company. this uh, uh, Darrington Press, I think, is theirs. Yeah, Darrington. That makes yeah. sense, right? And then I also saw that that company was looking for uh, game designers. And they said, like, we don't care if you're old or new. We just want to, like, send us your resume. So they want they want people to design them some RPGs. Um, which is all part of what I, I mean, Critical Role is going to take over the world. That is exactly what's going to happen. 
or they're going to take Matt over Coville, D&D. Because Matt Colville's pushing, boy. His stuff that his team's putting out right now. Oh, no, that's, like, fantastic. But that's my point, I guess, is, like, I, I really yeah. – I'm looking at this, and I'm like, the, the things that are really cool in the community are not necessarily coming from Wizards of the Coast, which yeah. really emphasizes to me again that – this is our hobby. It's not like yeah. it's not like Blizzard Entertainment. We're praying that they make a WoW patch for us. Like this is yeah. us just being like, well, then you know, yeah. screw it. I'll do it myself, kind of a thing, Thanos yep. style, and I'll snap everything. It'll be great. The modders, uh, the yeah. modders of the world, even in the computer gaming, bringing that into the discussion. Even the modders have gotten so good in the last few years that they make games spectacular even though it was a good game before, and then the modders get their hands on it. <laughs> yeah, we got... Um, but yeah, this Tal- Taldery Reborn has Hannah Rose and James J. Heck working on it. Makes sense. Um, and I don't know much about this one, but it's it's this looks like a more traditional, like, how to play a, a whatever game, a Vox Machina game, because the animated series is coming out soon. Um, which, if you haven't seen, Lucian, there's a trailer for the Critical Role Vox Machina animated series, and it looks really cool. I did. <coughs> really cool. It looks very adult. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had not, I had not realized they were going very adult. Oh like, yeah, f bombs and yeah. You're not letting Oliver watch this for a while. Uh, we'll see. I mean, he's he's so young. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll let him watch it now when yeah. he doesn't understand yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he thank drops you. the f bomb on his mom because you let him watch. Um... <laughs> what is it? Uh, uh, this this is a funny parenting story, but yeah, um, the wife dropped something the other day and uh, said, "God damn it!" And then you hear the baby go, "God damn it!" And we're like, "Oh, <laughs> no. oh, he he's listening to us. Interesting." <laughs> uh, so funny. Uh, thank you, Steve. He just gave a ten dollar donation in chat. Hey, Very Steve. nice of you. Um, saying Happy New Year, uh, and Happy New Year to you both, or to you Sorry. as well, I should say. Uh, thank you. So. A lot of Critical Role stuff, which I'm just like, I think Critical Role, and you're right. I bet Colville, Colville could definitely... Um, He's putting together a team. These are the two towers unrivaled. of yes. the, of the uh, what is it? Uh, Lord of the Rings. We've got Mordor mm-hmm. and Isengard here, and they're, no, that's a bad analogy because they're doing good things. Uh, but anyway, right. but no, uh, it's funny because it is like Wizards of the Coast is hiring people with like experience and all this other stuff. But I feel, and I don't necessarily know this about critical role, but definitely MCDM they're hiring people that are very passionate about this. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that passion, he's paying them a fair rate. And so they're just like double down. They're like, I'm not being taken advantage of. And they're putting their heart and soul into some of this stuff. And you're right. Like, I mean, Arcadia is great. And when, Arcadia comes out as like a bound tome volume and they like Mm -hmm. rework everything to be like, here's the adventure section. Here's this, like that is really smart because it's going to, they don't even have to do a Kickstarter. They probably will, but it'll be like, Hey, the book's done. Let's just print it again. Like (laughs) it's, and I love play tested to hell. Like we've had a whole year of play testing with this stuff, or I should, I should say public play testing, playtesting as it is out in in the world so yeah and i've even even the other companies are really pushing the boundaries for wizards of the coast to keep up because the stuff that monty cook puts out is by no means subpar it is on the level of wizards of the coast or higher no tolis is amazing paizo is putting out is at a very very high Cobalt Press, you know, all these other groups that we've been talking about, 2C Gaming, you know, they're all putting out stuff that's at a level of quality that really pushes the King of the Hill at the moment. We all know who King of the Hill is, but they may not be there for long. I mean, that hill is getting shorter and shorter as the competition gets higher and higher up on that hill. Um, And it's just good for us because that just means we get all the goodies. Um, It is. It's getting to the point where you can't. You can't really consume everything, though. No, and we've said this before, so like, you know, all these new adventures come out by Wizards of the Coast, mm-hmm. and I've ran one of them. Uh, yeah. I've read all of them, but I've only ran one. And it's kind of like, 
and and a lot of them, I'm like, I don't really have any interest in Descent into Avernus after reading it, but I do really want to run like uh, Tomb of Annihilation or these other ones, you know? And uh, I just find it interesting that like, I can't keep up with the amount of content. And then, and that's just Wizards. And then if you add all this other stuff, it's like, oh my gosh, like, Mm -hmm. and then if you're me, you're reading back over all of this second and third edition stuff because you're researching videos and then you have lots of ideas for campaigns that you can't naturally play but yeah um but speaking of third party uh our last bit of news is cobalt press is teasing tome of beasts three which will be their fourth monster book uh and this is going to be another kickstarter with 400 monsters and if you haven't checked out the other uh tome of beasts one and two and creature codex those are excellent books and the monsters are a little more uh, they have a little more oomph to them. They're deadly. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they they match their CR. I feel like they do. Uh, in the idea that we don't really know what CR is, but like, but like it's when nebulous, you're level yeah. eight and someone's like, "Well, that's a CR 14." I think everyone at the table they don't really know what that means, but they'll they'll step back and be like, hmm, "Should I be scared?" It's supposed you know? to mean a fourteen. So, yeah. yeah, a level party of fourteen average levels should be taking it on, not. Eight levels. <laughs> but they've always knocked it out of the park with art yeah. and the flavor text of the monsters and stuff. And I mm-hmm. I love using these monsters. I wish there was yep. a – I wish they could be wrapped into D&D Beyond because when it's I run 5e, D&D Beyond DM is so uh, crucial to me now that mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I just want all of these monsters to be in there as well. <laughs> uh, and you can go to Kobold Fight Club, which is a great yeah. repository, but they don't have – or maybe they still have monsters, but they don't have the stat blocks. They just have page numbers, but it's kind of a good way to build a, a thing. So yeah. I have no idea when that launch is happening, um, but you can go to kobolpress.com slash Tome of Beast 3, and uh, they have a little be notified on launch kind of a thing. Yeah. So. It, a Dungeon Master tip for that new Dungeon Master month is that most of your players are D&D fans, and most of your players that you gather these days may have or will buy some D&D books so they kind of could read or know about the monsters you're throwing at them. Most of those newer players won't have heard of Cobalt Press. So if you throw Cobalt Press monsters at them, they'll have no idea what's coming at them. They'll have no like metagaming opportunity. They will have no preconceived. It'll just be a surprise, and that's what you want in games. One of the cruelest things in any Dungeon Master's game is when you surprise your players, and they just had no idea what was about to happen, Yeah, and then it did. <laughs> so there, pick up a couple of these resources for your newer party, or even for your your... If you're playing with people that have like said that I've been playing since the '80s, well, that's perfect because these monsters they've never seen. You know, they're not ready to. They're For most the most of them part, haven't yeah. seen those. No, you know, it's they, and I I love it. Just uh, I I take a lot of monsters and put funny hats on them. You know, I'm like yeah. I don't know. This is and when I say that I mean like, you know, you take like a, a fire salamander and make it some kind of like acid salamander, and then mm-hmm. you change a lot of its attacks to kind of be acidy or something, right. uh, but. A lot of these monsters you don't like. You're just like, I kind of need like a, I don't know, like a monster made out of sand that's undead. And then you start flipping through it and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Or or my yeah. favorite thing to do is when I have a writer's block for a campaign, I'll just flip through monster manuals. And you're just yeah. like, oh, that. Let's do yeah. a monster session. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> not, not creating a monster session, but just being inspired. Yeah. And that's how when my players were running through the desert, that's how I came across the Oozasis which mm-hmm. is a oasis the size uh, or an ooze the size of an oasis in the desert and that spawned a whole like Brilliant. two days of <laughs> of like what is going on in combat and just like our players found this weird uh this weird oasis that uh people were sacrificing oxen into and they're just like what it was a lot of fun so um so very good yeah so i'm excited for that i just like I like the art mostly with the, the mm-hmm. Tome of Beast stuff. Uh, well, I like all of it, but th- I think they, again, Cobalt Press, they're doing really good stuff. Like, Yeah, for sure. Really good stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I uh, I was going to talk. We have a couple talking points. Um, 
And I, or I don't, maybe we're on, cause I noticed you didn't update this. Are we on the same show notes? I don't think you are. Cause oh, okay. I'm thinking, what notes are you on? Cause I'm <laughs> on the one from the drive. Uh, are you on the 2022 show notes? Are you on the, Oh, I'm on 20. I put notes. in 2021. Yeah. It's a new year. You're right. <laughs> well, Hey, let me tell you my show notes. All right, let's go. <laughs> cause I put them in there. Well, some of them were the same. Um, Adventure League is running some virtual events January 21st through 23rd if you're looking to get into Dungeons and Dragons um, Adventure League stuff which is kind of we started looking at that stuff two years ago when we were kind of getting the show running and we were both getting back into 5e and doing stuff two three years ago Um, we haven't talked a lot about Adventures League but they're at least running some you know new events out there that you can get a hold of and they've got a website out there in the notes um the other thing that's big that's coming up january 30th at noon opens up gen con badges so if you're thinking about doing gen january con 30th stuff, really that early january 30th is when they start to open registration up so keep that on your calendar and um, i want this virus to be over so quickly so i can go back I hear to gen you. Con. <laughs> and the last D relevant one i had was idle champions is running a pvp D D show have you seen this? oh i have deborah and they've Wool's been sponsoring on it, it on, and, yeah. yeah on twitter quite a bit they're running oh, so, Satine was they on play it, a character too. which is one of their characters that they've had in an adventure but is also in the idol champions game which is an idol clicker D D game that you can play right and they're facing off in a bracket style pvp fight and they have a dm who and i i thought I thought it would be a good talking conversation. I'll switch over to your notes so that I'm not on the wrong one after this. But do you think trying to run a PvP session where you have two players and they're going to play uh, and they're going to fight each other, duel each other, what do you think about trying to run something like that as a dungeon master? It seems well. I think way you're way out refer- of the bounds. Yeah, I think you're a referee at that point. Right. Um, but I, I have always been curious if that would work, and I was extra curious because of the. Uh, uh, sorry, we were talking in the Discord, specifically in the D and D leaks section, about like mm-hmm. why would they update everybody's speed to thirty. And I was thinking about this PvP session that we've been having on TV, and I'm like, I wonder if they want to, like, actually kick that off and have kind of, like, I I don't think it would be esports in the sense, because it's always up to random dice rolls, so it's not like you can be really skilled at it. But the same idea that Magic the Gathering has a competitive scene, and that's still up to, like, a shuffle, but it's, like, how you build your deck, and this is how you build your character. Uh, so I, I wonder if, if uh, and I could see the Hasbro executives being like, this is really good for magic. Can we do this for D&D? Like, I don't know. And so, <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but. Yeah, what I've seen from, I tried to watch an episode. It's hard to watch because they're still kind of trying to role play their characters. Um, and what it reminded me of is when they've done a couple of those critical role shows that are filler bumper shows where they had the, the teams fight each other at the end of a campaign. They brought the oh, characters in Oh, they had that one. Fought. Yeah, I didn't actually watch it, but they did. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. A little cringy. Um, and when you introduce a competitive element to Dungeons & Dragons where players are, are pitted against each other, competitive spirit cannot be the thing you want in a Dungeons and Dragons game. In a, you yeah, want the you cooperative spirit yeah. in a Dungeons and Dragons game. You do not want the adversarial I'm playing you in magic and how mad do you get sometimes when you're playing a magic game yeah. against somebody. Well, that and, could be, you know. And then to go back. So like let's say yeah. me and you are in a campaign and uh yeah. your wizard just destroys my druid. And then next week, it's like, I have to just remember that, like, well, I'm not as good as Lucian's wizard. Like, <laughs> right. you know, and like that. And Lucian a, was a dick about it the whole time. Like, has, he's rubbing it in. And <laughs> well, that has a really negative effect on you as, yeah. like, the whole team working yeah. together for a goal. So you're absolutely right. I don't I don't know how I feel about yeah, that. Yeah, it was weird. I it's, like it's the idea weird. of a miniature tactical right. war game. But then at that point, you're like, maybe I should just play Warhammer or maybe I should exactly. play. That's what uh, I was wondering 
hero quest or something like that you know i don't know so yeah so it's been interesting um they have a couple of episodes that i've seen out so far i think i've seen two uh satine was in the last one i think i saw that was out maybe um they might have a couple more out at this point but i don't know maybe it's your thing maybe it's not go check it out you can find it they're advertising all over twitter and i think you can go to the uh, idol champions website and they can direct to where the youtube videos are also it looks like it's produced by a lot of the same people that make it to the dungeons and dragons live events the um so it's kind of you'll you'll recognize all those different kind of yeah people they all just much. called their friends and they were like hey yeah. you're in la let's go do this yeah um which is not it's me the being la kind of silly crowd. but uh yeah. i think it's also like these guys haven't had conventions to do stuff at so mm-hmm. good on them they're trying to like make some kind of entertainment and do what yeah. they have i mean because they're entertainers and you're just like i don't there's nothing i can do so oh i, I know one other thing i didn't put in the notes but i just remembered it one other thing i've been seeing cruising around twitter a little bit and then online is they're starting to take reservations for the dungeons and dragons in a castle yeah which is the thing where they everybody flies over to england very and they expensive. play dungeons and dragons it is very expensive but if you haven't spent money in in two years to go on vacation because of covid maybe you've also saved worked two in two years, years of vacation because of COVID. well that could be too <laughs> so. yeah yeah but i'm thinking the people who maybe saved their vacation money maybe yeah. now could be the time to go my wife wants to go to england she doesn't want to play dungeons and dragons at all but if she can get to england that's good enough so i don't know i keep thinking about maybe could could i sneak it in would she let me play dungeons and dragons while she's out Oh, for sure. We're in castles or something. (laughs) No, it could be be a lot of fun. Uh, And I know, I know that uh, V, the crafting muse, she did it. Nerdarchy did it. Um, There, there were a lot of handful of people. Satine was there, I think. And so, like, if it's your thing, it could be fun. Like, and I hear it. I hear it could be a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, and they actually had uh, Jeremy Crawford. I think was there one year. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, D and D in a castle, boy, kind of expensive, but could be a fun. It's kind of like those those uh like fan cruises where it's like a star right. trek cruise and you get to meet the star trek people that are on the cruise with you or something oh, yeah. but dd cruise would be fun i mean not with COVID. i, I, I don't think that, i'm a cruise but... person in general <laughs> i don't know if i would really enjoy being on a boat but i would like to play a lot of D. so who knows yeah very cool yeah all right back to the regular notes did you have um, anything else that we missed there? Oh, well, yeah, talking points. That's yeah, I just have some talking points, uh, which we can choose to talk about or not. Um, I am reading a Keith Baker Eberron novel. I heard that. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun with that. It is called uh, The City of Towers. It is book one of the Dreaming Dark series, three book series. Three um, books, okay. I didn't know if I would enjoy A, an Eberron book or a Keith Baker book. Um, and I don't, I don't want, I don't want to sound mean when I say this. I don't think Keith Baker is the best writer, uh, author, I guess I should say it for this, but you can tell his love of Eberron in the text, like immensely. Like, yeah, I think he's a, I could see him being a great designer and maybe not a top notch author. So he's, he's okay in an author, but a top notch designer. I could see that. Um, but it's one of those things where I'm like, he just has, he's so smart when it comes to Eberron, obviously, cause he made it, but like, world uh, and he just has such a love for the world. But yeah. I will say that I'm reading this book. I'm about halfway through it. And the reason I'm reading it is I am trying to get this D and D book club going, mm-hmm. but adding the fact that I need to get through, uh, novels that aren't, um, Jor- well, I need to get through reading material that isn't Jordan reading lots of uh, old D&D supplements for videos is right. proving difficult. I do love to read, but I don't. when I don't have a timeline, I just kind of read for fun, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the minute I have a book club, I have a timeline. But this is the experiment. We're going to try and get this done by the end of January. Uh, but what I wanted to bring up is like, read some of these old Dragonlance books, read some of these uh, Eberron books that I've never touched, Forgotten Realms, all that stuff, because this has been a wealth of information for a campaign. (laughs) And I know that it's set in Eberron, but like I have so many ideas about an Eberron campaign now that I want to run one so, so bad. I was just like, that's what I was wondering. If you start to read the book, then does it make you want to run the campaign? Oh, like 100%. And I've been, I'm just like, oh my gosh. And like the dragon mark houses and all that, like, I'm just going crazy with ideas. And I have a little journal that I've been writing down ideas for campaigns. 
um, that I want to run in Eberron or like things that I just want to try in games in general. So if you want to be inspired, like, although some of those books are kind of like campy and cheesy, they can be really fun too. Yeah. Uh, And they can be like a lot of information. So, yeah. uh, well, as as you've known, I have been in probably for the last two years solid. I read every single night, and I'm into the lit RPG genre of books or dungeon core books. Or it's a it's a set of books where a somebody's transported into a game world. And yeah, now were, yeah. Everything they live is gamified, so you can you can gain experience and you can pick classes, and you're now in this new world and you're stuck there. But in some ways, you're not stuck because this is the thing you've always wanted, just being somebody who, you know, is just a computer gamer or just a regular gamer. And now you get to kind of live that out, whereas mm-hmm. you never had that chance. So it's all these stories. That's what Lit RPG is all about. It's about um, gaming turned real. And I, I, there are so many authors in the space that I'm finding book after book after book. And, I, and I'm burning through them. And then, like, as I'm reading, I'm like, I want to run a campaign on that kind of system that he just talked about. I want to, you know, they gain cores and if they absorb them then that's where they get abilities or in another one it's about you know you gain your experience and then you can pick your class Mm. and then some of them are there's an ai that's running everything and it's and it kind of looks at your attitude and the in your whole makeup of stuff and it offers you a um a unique class that's best suited for you because it has direct connection to your brain because the way you're playing the game is through like a virtual headset or something so it knows all about you and it uses all this um, um, stuff to figure out what you would like or what is going to be the coolest thing for you. And then it makes a class that gives you all of that stuff. Right. right. And I'm just like, oh, my God, why don't we have a game like that? You know, It's just like, how do I not get into Ready Player One? You know, it's like books like Ready Player One, yeah. basically. And the inspiration that comes from it makes you just want to run campaign after campaign after campaign. So I feel you. When you read these books, they just they ignite creativity inside you and then the only thing holding you back is like what actual time do you have to do anything yeah because for whatever reason we're still super busy people who still have jobs still have families you're raising a kid you have way less time than i do and you're running a, a youtube channel all the same yeah time. i'm just yeah, it's crazy not to like i'm just exhausted <laughs> like <laughs> It's I so bet. funny because I, I, in the morning, I'm always like amped to make videos and I'm like, okay, after yeah. work, all right, then I'm going to make dinner. Okay. And then I'm going to like play with Oliver. All right. And then after bedtime, okay, that's when I'll start this. And yeah. then at eight o'clock, everyone's asleep. I'm all by myself. I'm like, let's go work on a video. And I just like sit back and I start playing video games. Sleep. And I'm like, I just want to <laughs> not do anything right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I've been doing stuff all day long. But I've been reading and playing a lot of video games. And that's been therapeutic for my soul. Yeah. Uh, so I am a big fan of Sly Flourish. Uh, and we've actually yep. been chatting on Discord a little bit. He's a really cool guy. Um, and he has an uh, – he's, he's starting a new campaign – and he shared some of his files for like his older campaign because he's like, if you want to like be like, how do I organize my data when I'm running a campaign? Um, yeah. I'm going to share that insight with you. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Not personally, like he does this to everyone, and I've just been following mm-hmm. his stuff. But something that I really liked about it is the the campaign one pager. So Lucian, if I'm going to start a new game, he recommends that you write down a one pager that has like. What rules are we going to use? Like what books for our, mm-hmm. this is for like D and D five E. What's a campaign summary to see if anybody's interested. Uh, and then he puts down like, what are the group factions? Because he likes the idea of factions that was introduced in, um, I think it was Eberron where you could like pick a house and the house could do stuff for you. But like if you're in, it's in Tasha's as well. The idea of a group patron, like, um, uh, the the person you work for could be a dragon, see, could be a religious organization, okay. s- stuff like that. Uh, and then he says, "How does your character fit in the world?" And then any house rules. And I was like, I was so taken with this that I've been talking about this all drow campaign for a while. Yes, and so uh, a couple days ago, <laughs> while I was you did uh, the one pager bored at work, I did a one pager, wow. and I think I think I can share it with you. Let me see if I have it shareable. Uh, and I'll put it in chat so you guys can look. It's on our, it's on the um, the Discord because I was chatting with it with people there. Um, but I did this fun little like one pager here. I'll put it in our chat here. Um, 
about my drow campaign. So it's called Menzo Baranzan, The Destruction from Below. And uh, I was like, here are the books we're going to use. Here's a summary. We're going to choose a drow house to be from, like collectively all of the players. And then you're going to be a drow. And here are some custom rules and kind of info about the world. Uh, But not only I feel like this is good because we talk about going forward that you're going to try and and run campaigns, but you're going to say, I don't want this spell, or I don't want this, or I don't want that. And a lot of players Mm -hmm. are like, oh, well, I don't want to play that if I can't be a druid or if I can't play this. You know the restrictions that players put on themselves where they're like, well, if I can't do this, I don't want to play. Um, This is a great way to introduce restrictions, but as a creative advantage. And so so players can read this and they can be like, okay, I have to be a drow. That kind of sucks. I don't want to play a drow. But as they read through this, they're like, actually, it would be really cool to be a drow if we're playing this type of game, oh, yeah. I want to do this. And then your creativity starts flowing and you go X, Y. Anyway, so I I had a lot of fun putting this together. I sent it to DM Nathan and I was like, hey, Nathan, uh, what, do you, what, 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 what do you think about this? And he's just like, that's really cool. And I was like, it got me really excited to, to like run this. He's like, well, then it was totally worth it. And I'm like, you're probably right. <laughs> so yeah, um, super fun. Uh, just a quick little PDF that, Sly Flourish use that I think I'm going to steal going forward and then actually have a session zero rather than Mm -hmm. people showing up with characters. I want everyone to talk about how their characters know each other and then things can change on the fly where you're like, okay, like I, I know you, maybe we are, maybe we're brother and sister or like, I know you, maybe we went to wizarding school together, but I failed. And then that's why I'm a warlock or I don't Mm -hmm. know. Like, so, well, yeah. And I think, I've fallen as a dungeon master into this trap. Um, and it's a trap of I've come up with a theme for a campaign. Yeah. And there's going to be certain things that I think are going to be really cool in it. And I'm going to surprise the players with it. So my first session, I haven't told them anything about it. I want them to come and create characters. Well, they're creating characters not within the theme. Right. <laughs> I haven't told them the theme. I haven't told them the kind of idea of where we're going to go. So they're just thinking about yeah. the next cool character that they had in mind. And they have a totally, one might be a swashbuckler pirate and one might be a sand wizard and one might be something that doesn't even come together as a party. They're just making stuff that they sounds cool in their head, having no idea or no context about what other people are doing or what the campaign is about. And so it's jarring because then all of a sudden they're not creating something that you feel fit in this theme that you thought you were going to do this all desert adventure of sand skimmers and sand people and, and this, and they built pirates that are on the high sea and you didn't realize that wasn't going to work so well. So I've switched to something like what you're talking about here. Whereas uh, I got it from Coville because he kind of does something similar, but maybe a little bit more than one page, but I think Sly is smart by keeping it to one page. It's more digestible. So I think that's a better actual idea. Um, Colville creates a little campaign guide that he gives, and he says, here's four campaign that I'm willing to run. Each one has a flavor. Each one has this. Puts it down in front of the players. You guys decide what kinds of characters would you want to build to play this theme of a campaign where we know they're going to do these kinds of things. And then go from there and let the creativity. And I've always thought that has led to a much more fulfilling role-playing game than if everybody comes and it's all a surprise. And you're, because as a dungeon master, we want to surprise our players, but you're also don't be surprised when it kind of messes up what you thought was going to happen because you yeah. never told them. Yeah, and, and just, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I think the reward for wow, we just did a really cool synergy is actually mm-hmm. higher than the reward for surprise. Yeah. Um, and that's something I'm discovering where I'm like, I also kind of want to surprise my players, but it's really fun for them because it is fun for them to like explore the world. But if yeah. I do like actually plot it out, they can still be surprised. It's not a shock, but mm-hmm. I think the the idea of like the synergy is a lot better. But they're so. also part of the They're part creative. of the world. In some yeah. that, in that way and that's too, better whereas... than being alien to it. Exactly. It's like, no, you're here. You yeah. know people. You probably have resources. Yep. And if I'm going to run an all-drow campaign in Menzo Baranzan, then it's mm-hmm. like, well, you need to be of this 
world and you yeah. need to know you have how to have a operates. theme to that yeah. yeah yeah you have to understand the types of adventures we're going to go in there the types of things we're going to do is it combat even just knowing we're going to be a little more combat heavy versus hey this is going to be a very um diplomatic we're going to parties and trying to figure out mysteries and the whodunits camp campaign versus we're dungeon diving or we're exploring a world you know those you have to even put that kind of thing out there so your players kind of get an idea of a character that even fits there. Yeah. So they don't build something like they build the ranger who has all this great stuff that happens out in the woods and then you keep them in Waterdeep because you're going to be doing, you know, uh, political intrigue inside of Waterdeep in the 13, right, or, or whatever. And, and the ranger's like, well, that's great. There's no forest here inside Waterdeep for me to be cool, right? You know, so. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. And he anyway, always has good ideas, really. Oh, man. <laughs> that man is a wealth yeah. of information. Super cool. Um, yeah, it's not a lot of good stuff. But, yeah, I actually uh, – I, I haven't played games for the past couple of weekends because uh, I was I, I was out. But let's talk about Dungeon of the Mad Mage and what's I going played. on there. Um, Tuesday. With, with your game. Leveled up. Whoop, whoop. So uh, we were on the – and spoilers because that's just how we're going to Spoilers for Dungeon of the Mad uh, spoilers Mage and Mad for Mage. Lucian's game. If you're yeah. part of that. Yeah, you should go watch it. <laughs> it's really fun. Even if you know what's going to happen, it's funnier when you see it. Uh, we were on the level that was the Hallister's School of Misfits level, a school of magicians that he's raising, school of magical type people. And in that school, they're encouraged to duel each other and kill each other to prove who's the best. And that's kind of the thing that was going through there. And obviously, we're murder hobos, so we go through the whole level like a lawnmower. Um, and so <laughs> it was really funny. All the battles we get in, all the things we fight. Um, but we finally finished that level. And I believe I believe it was level 9. So we finally now get to go to the Dungeon of the Mad Mage level 10. So we're starting to get into the double digits of the levels of Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Because as far as I know, I think there's 26 levels Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Somewhere in there, I feel... So we've got a long ways to go yet to keep diving deeper and deeper and deeper. Our storyline is an Ack Inc. storyline, so we're a franchise of the Acquisitions Incorporated of Waterdeep. We've done so well that we're getting more and more districts in Waterdeep under our control due to Ack Inc. gaining more control and more power due to the stuff that we're doing underneath uh, Undermountain. And we leveled, so I got to be a... I was a seven fighter, arcane archer, level three twilight cleric. I had to make the decision: either go eight fighter arcane, go four twilight cleric, or multi-class somewhere else, which I think would be too diluting the character. I decided to go with uh, fourth level in cleric, and I'm going to keep moving up in cleric at this point. I think. Um, to get more spells and more versatility with my arcane archer, who is still really, really good. Aarakocra, uh sharpshooter arcane archer is really fun and hits really hard. Um, it's great. The characters are fun. D uh, Danimo from Down Under, he's our digital dungeon master from Down Under, our Australian dungeon master, does a great job running the game. <clears throat> what I like about it, it's unique, is because he's running his family and his home game just ahead of the game he runs for us online, which is me and my friends, and which have become his friends too at this point. We're all really good friends, but they were all pretty much my group at that point. And so he gets to see how the adventure runs with his home group first, and he's super prepared when he runs it for us, which is really fun. I think that is it's fun. a unique way as a dungeon master to kind of go through it. So you've got like a test run and then you've got the re the real thing coming through after that. And he loves to tell us about the differences. Like my party never touched that statue. Your party went in and put their fingers on it immediately. And this whole different thing happened or this party, they didn't, they, they wanted to do this and your party seemed not even interested in a moment for, you know, so we get to hear about the differences, which is really fun. And I think for a dungeon master it could be, pretty fulfilling i have not done this myself but i keep contemplating it where you're running two groups through it through the same thing so you're prepared your preparation isn't as much you're ready for it 
but to see just how the groups handle things differently, different personalities, different synergies, handle situations differently. And I think that could be fun for a dungeon master to be the spectator of. You know, you, where does your fun come from? Watching your players tackle these problems, you know, watching them argue amongst themselves on how they're going to get through this next room or how they're going to disarm this trap. That's where the fun of it is. And I think it's we're doubling our fun if we're doing that in two different ones. Could you imagine if you're running, you know, your 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 home campaign like you said where they had to go to the black pyramid and then they're traveling through the desert but then you had another group that you were running through that and it was kind of working out differently and pushing you in different ways I well i've always wanted to run two games in the same <clears throat> world but I not necessarily that. the same game <laughs> i like that yeah. idea where it's like you're on one side of the continent they're on the other side and then uh if it's in real time, then you could have like, oh, you see smoke on the horizon or, you know, yeah. like something like that. So, My Revenar game is that, where the, all the parties are based out of port. Uh, uh, I think um, I would get confused playing the same care or playing the same adventure twice with two different parties at the same time. Oh, like, I would be confused. Could be. But maybe not. Uh, Brain Cell in chat says uh, that they really want you to create a lit RPG reading list for us. So okay. if you could do that and put it in the Discord Challenge or something, accepted. Um, that could be fun because I think Challenge it's a genre accepted. that I don't think a lot of people. I'm gonna I'm gonna start oh, you off right so. now. I'm gonna start you off before I even type something. Go go look up Travis Bagwell. Okay. And Ascension Online should be the first set of books you go through, and that will explain lit RPG and the rest of the things I list. You will go if you read through those, you'll be like, or all right, Awaken I know Online. what Lucian sent me. Awaken Online. Awaken Online. Okay. Awaken Online, Travis Bagwell. Um, I have, because we have, um, they're all free for me because I think we're doing the, my wife has the Kindle and the Amazon thing linked together that because of our Amazon. Oh, it's not free then. You do pay for it. But it's the, well, there's (laughs) I just want to emphasize, you're not getting these for free. You pay for a service that gives you books. (laughs) Yeah. It's through the, what do they call theirs? I'm not even remembering the name of it. Super it's the cheap. Kindle subscription thing, yeah. Yeah, super cheap, so that you can read all these books, and there's tons and tons of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean totally free. I mean free because we're on the service. So I'll give you that one, and then I will go to uh, the Discord, and I will post um, some of the other ones I've already read, and I'll even post the one I'm currently reading, which is called, which has been really good. It's called, um, it's the first one of its kind that I've tried like this, Goblin Summoner. And this one is about uh, a person has been transported to a world where they have decks of cards as magic. And they, they're on their belt and they bind to them. So as they go through the world, they can use their magic to fight monsters and go on adventures. And But they have the cards. So it's kind of bringing in a little bit of the magic gathering. Or into Pokemon. In, in a and a, yeah. yeah, those kinds of things. So I haven't read one like that before. This is my first one I'm working and I'm going through. It's been awesome. pretty fun. It's been interesting. So uh, lit RPG, yeah, lit RPG, and I put or a link Dungeon in the thing, Core, so. which is a different thing, but I'll put a bunch of those up there too, so you guys can see those. Let's have the Lucian reading list. Let's do it. Man, I'm loving these books. And what's good about them? You might like this for your your reading because you're you're having people read, you know, uh, Keith Baker's, and you don't want to do like thousand page books. You want to do digestible books within a month's time, right? You can't be so for, big that you can't get through For the average reader, it. I understand yeah. that there are people that like chew through, through it. a thousand yeah, yeah. page book in a week. Uh, right. And I also really love to read. It's just finding the time to do it. So yeah, yeah I want to have like books, a, something that you could finish in three to week, three or four weeks. Yeah, these books on average, you can probably finish if you read every night in a, in a week and a half, maybe two and if you're more slow paced, you'll definitely get through it in three or four because they're typically only 300, 400 page books, but they're writing lots of them and the story continues and they're by authors by no means. These are people that are just putting it up on Amazon, sometimes not even through publishers. They're just using Amazon themselves yeah. to do a self-publishing. So you'll see some writing errors in there. You'll see some, you know, because they're just, they're self-published. They don't they're have not the using editor stuff, but they're still good stories. Good. So I enjoy it. Very cool. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for today. We got through the whole thing. Um, we will be Roll back 20. 
tomorrow we will not be back. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Next week we'll be back with another episode, um, and maybe some more information on these um, these these m- monsters of the multiverse stuff. I'm curious. Um, although I think everything about that's been pretty leaked, so we'll probably have to wait for Critical Role books to come out next. Um, but I can yeah. always talk to you in at nauseum about old school essentials and all of the tabletop RPG zines that I'm buying. So take your drink. <laughs> uh, anything else before we take off, sir? That is it. I'll bring some Paizo news next week. I will bring some. Um, I'm just waiting to see what the announcement of the next book after the one we know. Yeah, because we're supposed to get into some things that have been hinted. They haven't told us what they are, but we're all ready to. Yeah, hear I don't what I they mean, are. I, I don't think we'll know, hear anything are we doing spell March, but we'll see. Are we getting Spelljammer in March? That's what I want to hear. I bet. <laughs> I bet we are. All right. So, all right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Uh, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about the show, and we will see you all next time. Take care.